club for, 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 for life. The system. I have the balls to say things that nobody else has the balls to say. Oh yeah. Welcome, everybody. This is Leo. I'll be joined here shortly uh, by my co-host, Cody. And this is episode number two in the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. In this episode, we kind of touch a little bit of what's happened in WWE and around wrestling uh, the last two weeks. Um, We mainly focus on WWE, AEW, Starcast and uh, the happenings, where we think WrestleMania is going, and what we think um, would be the best approach with Kofi and others like that. So stay tuned. We're here. Yes, sir. Feeling a little better this time. I won't have to carry you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good now. Oh, good. It's been what, like two weeks since we did it? Uh, yeah, about longer? a. No, um, maybe about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Valentine's Day, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have did good because you survived. So you must have got the old lady what she needed. Yeah, I did all right. Yeah, I see she hooked you up with some lucha masks. Yep. Yeah, she brought me back quite a few. You got quite the collection now. Yeah, she couldn't. I wanted a a Pentagon Jr. mask, but she couldn't find one. So I'm going to have to get that later on. Yeah, for sure. Those are, have uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix been announced for StarCast yet? Those are the two only AEW guys that aren't there, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't think they've, they haven't been announced yet. I'm waiting for them to be announced. I'd like to meet them. Oh, heck yeah. I think there's going to be some different, like, uh, like pricing, right? Like, obviously, probably Undertaker is going to be the most expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, and by the way, we need to revert back to episode one. You kind of called that one. You're like, well, what if he, what if we see him? What if we, because we had just seen the Instagram post go out that he was having the big meeting and yeah, not even 30 minutes after we stopped recording, we're like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's going to be. 
I mean, it's different. I uh, did you see that the Starcast was trying to trademark uh, Dead Man Talking? And so my thinking is they're gonna do like one of those segments type deal there, or maybe start a podcast with him. Mm, that'll be different. That'll be. I mean, because it's kind of hard to find a legitimate Undertaker interview, like a sit-down type. He doesn't do many of those. Hey. Hey. Have you seen the one he does with that preacher guy? Yeah, I actually, um, I came across that the other day on YouTube. Uh, the dude was an idiot, the preacher guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which but, surprised I mean, me it, that out of everybody you could do an interview with, like he did it with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I came across it. And there's some other ones, but there's there's not a whole lot of them. I mean... Obviously, him being married to, uh, what's her face, Michelle McCool now, which is like, I don't know, like his fourth or fifth wife now or whatever. But yeah, they kind of leave a pretty private life. Like you follow them on Instagram and all that and stuff. And if they have pictures with their kids, like their kids are, you know, they crop their faces out and, you know, put stuff over them. And they're very adamant about like not having their kids in the public eye, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of. I think it'll be cool to to see him, and it'll be cool if they do have like a like a podcast type deal where, you know, they sit and ask him questions because, like you said, there's not a lot, there's not a lot there, and it'd be interesting just to kind of see his mindset on on a couple of those things. Yeah, yeah, he talked about in that interview with that preacher guy how. <clears throat> He kind of talked about the way the it must have been somewhat recent, but he talked about how, you know, the guys nowadays like to do their flips and flies like the ricochets and guys like that and how he's still very, very old school. And like, I mean, he does a dive out of the ring, but like that's on he doesn't do that every match. I mean, yeah, those are big matches that he's taken that risk, you know. Yeah, especially at his age now. I mean, he doesn't need to be doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Starcast is Starcast is definitely shaping up. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff um, yeah. scheduled. Uh, and I was talking to a buddy. He's he's gone to those, uh, you know, those Comic Con or it's like Fanex is what it's called down in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me, he's like, yeah, a couple of years ago when like that revamped Conan the Barbarian had just come out, Jason Momoa was there and he was one of the, the guys that you could go meet for free. Like he wouldn't charge you anything for an autograph or a picture or whatever. He was just there. And he's like, and I, he went this last year and with Aquaman being a big deal now and stuff, like he was one of the most expensive guys to have pictures with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of hoping it's it's similar in that regard with like some of the lesser known wrestlers maybe not charging as much, 
and that way uh, we can we can get a good fill, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice if they set out like a price range, but I don't know if they'll do that or not. I don't know if they did that for the original Starcast or not when they did it around all in. But yeah, when it gets closer, I'll probably post something on that on that PWT's VIP we're on. Just mm-hmm. to see what those guys see. Yeah. Did you watch the new episode of The Road to Double or Nothing yet? Yeah, I watched it earlier. Um, that chick looks pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Um, Bo Priestley. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, that's Osprey's girlfriend. Oh, really? I didn't know. I think, I think they're still a thing. I don't know. So maybe that means uh, Osprey will make his way there after his New Japan gigs up. Yeah. If whenever that is. Yep. Speaking of guys that are coming up, <clears throat> had a bunch of releases in WWE over the past week or so. Who'd we have? Uh, it was Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Uh, Arn Anderson. Yeah. So, you know, he'll probably end up. Well, he's already slotted for Starcast because all the Four Horsemen, the original Four Horsemen, are there. Yep. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Cody doesn't try to take him backstage and be a producer. And, you know, they'll have a little lighter schedule. So, yeah. You know, so yeah. we'll see what goes there. He was responsible for, or he's an agent to a lot of those big guys. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Just, you know, he's kind of been there. He's worked with that top talent. Like he could, he could help build some of these guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, And then the other one was TJ Perkins. Yeah. TJ Perkins and Hideo Tommy. Yeah. And then Kenta. Yeah. I still call him Kenta. It's hard for me to call him Hideo Tommy. But yeah, Kenta will probably just go back to Japan. They kind of got a reboot of all Japan going. New Japan's really big again, obviously. Yeah. Uh, both guys from um, you watch NXT kind of religiously, don't you? Uh, not as often as I'd like, but I do. I do watch it. Yeah. So that Nick Miller and Shane Thorne that were the. Uh, TM61 when they first came in and then they changed their name to the Mighty. Both of those guys are gone now. And I seen that uh Nick Miller is gonna be in the New Japan Cup. And I'd imagine or no, yeah, Shane Thorne, sorry. Weren't they just recently on NXT though? Yeah. Uh Shane Thorne recent he got released about a month ago. And then Nick Miller was in this crop that just got released, and he was the one NXT guy that got released. Huh. Yeah. And Nick Miller just, I mean, obviously we know NXT tapes their shows, and they got shows in the can. So yeah, he was on, like, last week's episode of NXT, I think, yeah. or the week before. And then that was that was his last televised wwe thing unless like this week's or something he's on there but see like i'm all i know wwe they, they want to hold on to these guys right but you have so much talent you're not gonna 
Uh, sorry. Uh, what you're, the heck is that? <laughs> I was getting the phone call. Uh, but you're not going to be able to give everybody a spot, you know? And I just, I don't know. It, it's like, it's kind of frustrating with me with, with it, it's a lot of stop and go right now. Even with, with players like, uh, like Asuka. You know, she she uh, beat Becky Lynch, and then she's gone forever on TV. Comes back, does an interview, has a match, and then she's gone again. Mm-hmm. And she's and then, Yeah, and loses to Mandy Rose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense. And and you know and and then you have you have that a lot though to where like guys are gone for two to three weeks and like I keep up with it a lot but you know the people that tune in and out they'll be like who who's these guys yeah so that's yeah and it kind of it kind of sucks for guys like Gargano and those guys that are doing raw and smackdowns now here in the last two weeks they've been on both of them that uh their first debut you know they made this big ordeal out of gargano and alistair and all these guys coming in and they do it in lafayette illinois or not illinois louisiana and that crowd was absolute dead yeah they didn't even care i mean even when the big guys would come out like seth and dean and those guys that crowd was just sitting on their hands and they'd like i thought well maybe it's because they're not they don't know who gargano and champa and these guys are but i'm like they should i mean it's not like it's not like that was a crowd full of just fair-weather people that just said hey we're gonna go to a wwe event we've never been and we don't know anybody but it really is a different crowd, though. Like, it really, it's, it's, a, uh, it's different programming. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. it's the same company, but even Raw and SmackDown are so different. Yes. Like, Raw is, is much more of a entertainment spectacle, interviews, in ring segments, where on SmackDown, they don't focus on that a lot. You know, they, they might dedicate, you know, maybe 20 minutes out of the two hour program to stuff like that. And the rest Mm -hmm. is just action. Mm -hmm. If I, if I, it's if anything, it's almost like it's NXT is, is that in ring product. And then SmackDown is kind of in the middle. And then raw is that, that spectacle type deal. You know what I mean? No, I completely get you. And that's why I think that, um, the NXT brands, even watching the couple NXT UKs that I have, like yeah. NXT, the original NXT that like Gargano and those guys are still in, it is the best brand out of all WWE. Like yeah. by far. Cause it, yep. you know, so I'm wondering with Gargano and those guys, like after WrestleMania, if they're going to be full time, if they're going to push them up before WrestleMania, if they're just kind of, doing it for a ratings kick right now because they're suffering. But I, think and I got to think about it. For ratings and, and, but I also think they're kind of testing the waters to see where they would be a better fit. Cause they're obviously going to shake up 
right after WrestleMania. Right. And then I think that's what that's where they're gonna get their permanent spot. Right. So like uh from the spoilers I read on on NXT, like it, it seems like uh Ciampa and uh Gargano are gonna go back into a program together. So that's like I don't know if that means maybe Ciampa gets gets called up. Uh because if they both go into it, you know what I mean? Like one of them's got to have the title, one of them's got to stay there. Right. But um I don't know. I I think Ricochet Unless they're can... just going to cross brand everything and you're just going to see cherry picking from all all sorts, you know, you're going to get guys on both both nights. I know that the NXT that I'm about to watch now was um was taped, you know, after Elimination Chamber and when Bailey and Sasha won the women's tag titles, they went down to NXT and were like saying, we're going to defend these across all three brands. We're not just going to be a Raw women's tag team. We're Raw, SmackDown, NXT. So maybe that's the start of this whole where you might see guys like, you know, guys that aren't getting TV time on Raw and SmackDown, you'll see them filter on down and get some more TV time on NXT. And I think that's, that's great. Like, I, I think there's talent that, yeah, if you're not getting that spot or you're, they don't see that in you now, go back down to NXT and show it. You know what I mean? Build yourself back up, but it's, mm-hmm. they don't allow that very much. No, no, they, they haven't been. So, on that, I was thinking, you know, with with those four big guys, those are four of the top guys in NXT with Alistair and Ricochet, Gargano and Ciampa. I was like, man, NXT is going to be hurting because Adam Cole was supposed to make a debut. They've been teasing Lars Sullivan for freaking months now, saying that he's going to show up. Uh, EC3 obviously went up recently. And, then, dude, and I was like, man, NXT is going to be hurting, but... They still got Riddle. They've still got Keith Lee, and you know Lee they there's have people that, with, huh? No, I mean I'm surprised. Going to get pushed. He was going to get pushed big as soon as he came on. Mm-hmm. It seems like Riddle's got more of a spotlight. I mean, he's more charismatic, but I think Lee's Lee's a great big man. Like he can do a lot of. Yes, he's a very good big man. He's like heavier version of uh kevin owens in my opinion like mm-hmm. a lot of that athletic stuff right um but no like I, I personally i think ricochet should stay in nxt like i know why they would want to call him up because he's exciting he's different but i still think he's got like he's a great wrestler i, I don't want to say he's got more to develop but I feel like with the WWE crowd, he's got more to learn still. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know he's never I mean? worked this style of crowd before. Yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion, though. Like, I think Alistair is beyond ready. I think Ciampa's oh, yeah. going to go as well. And the same thing with Gargano. My only, my only concern with Gargano is he's going to go up and he's going to get lost in the mix. Right. I think you know, 
and black have more of a, a chance at success. And Gargano, in my opinion, will become kind of like a like a Zami Zayn or a Neville or, you know, like one of those guys that was just huge in NXT. And then they go up even like a Shinsuke. Yep. Agreed. And, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of like, I don't want them to go because those takeovers they do are fucking awesome. Like that's, I mean, I look how many match of the years they've. And did did uh, did you end up watching last week's NXT with Velveteen and Gargano yet? Yes, I watched that one. Holy shit! That thing had, and I don't get like super excited when I watch wrestling anymore. Like, I mean, I do, but it takes a lot for me to get out of my seat because I'm so critical of what I'm watching. Like. If it brings me off the couch and it's got me standing right next to the TV like a little kid again, yeah. then I know. And that match did that for me. Like, I was like, holy shit. I mean, this was – and this was on just a regular NXT TV, TV taping. Yeah. Like, man, after I seen that, that should have been a takeover main event. Yeah. That was oh, amazing. Man. He's just been – he makes everybody look good. Like Velveteen's good. Like I think he's had like the matches he had with Alistair. I thought those were all good. Mm-hmm. Came uh, a long way from tough enough, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but like Gargano's just so he's he's just on like all the time. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, and that's what I'm scared of. Is like he's just so great here, and I feel like he's gonna go to the. He's going to go to the big brands and, you know, you got Roman back now. You got Rollins in the main event picture. McIntyre, McIntyre, I think is just, they need to pull the trigger on him because he's, he's underused to me. Like the way he's used right now with like teaming him with Corbin and like all these other fucking guys, like, no, this dude should be on his own, a fucking juggernaut rolling through people. Agreed. And they started to kind of do that, and then they, they went right back to putting him with somebody. Yeah, they've protected him. Like, he hasn't lost credibility, but it, like, uh, like I think Joe is one that you're like, you, you want to get behind him because he's so good on the mic, and he'll tear through people, and then they'll have him, like, lose, or they'll keep him off TV for a week, and it's just like, this guy's engaging. Like he should be your top heel, you know, but McIntyre has been protected, I think. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like he's just kind of been there. Yeah. And so like they got a lot of talent, like, you know, the tag division shit. Like one thing I didn't agree with in on, on, uh, on raw is just like last week. And, and then, yeah, like last week where you had the revival, they just win the titles, and you bring up these guys from NXT, and yeah, they're great. Like they shouldn't have lost. Like DIY should have gone over someone, but why did it? Why couldn't they have gone over like over like Gable and uh, Rude or the B team or you know what I mean? Like why do you have to job your tag checks? <laughs> yeah, agreed. I mean, and at least with that one. 
with, you know, the little DIY reunion that they had, even though they're both, quote, heels right now, and they still have this thing in between them. I mean, at least there's the history of the NXT TakeOver Toronto when they had that, when they beat them for the NXT tag titles, when they were, you know, the babyface tag team is DIY. I mean, at least they... At least they talked about that. They didn't. They didn't let Michael Cole do his whole thing of, well, this is the first time we've ever seen this match and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, we're not stupid. We remember NXT Toronto, their tag match. It was one of the best I've seen in like a while for a tag team. Besides, unless it's like the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers, yeah, you know, or something like that. And then, then they turn around the next week on Monday's Raw from this week. They put them against Alistair and Ricochet, and they do the exact same thing. And I'm like, so that's two weeks in a row you just jobbed out your, yep. your quote-unquote top tag team. And then, like, another thing that baffles me is the Hardy Boys just reunited. You've seen that, right, on SmackDown? Yeah, I watched – I I caught Which up is- on the – because I watch all that WWE programming on Hulu, so I watch it next day. So I watched both Raw and SmackDown this morning. And, yeah, I seen that Matt came back, and then I'm like, okay, so we're done with the broken Matt Hardy gimmick already? Or It seemed what like. What are we doing here? Which might not be terrible, because honestly, like, I don't. It's not as good as it was when no. Matt had full control over it. Yeah. Like, he, I think he wasn't afraid to just branch out, and if it didn't work, like, he just, you know. But now it's, like, on a bigger scale, and you got this juggernaut behind it, and. It just feels more like a cash grab than authentic. And, right. Where when he was doing it down in TNA and doing yeah. it on his own. Yeah. And that and that's just my opinion. Like it just doesn't feel as authentic. I mean, when he did the uh the what did they call it in WWE? Was it it wasn't the ultimate deletion or the what did they call it in WWE? I don't remember. Yeah, when he did it with Bray, and I mean, Bray just blatantly ripped it off against. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah, and even when him and Bray did it, it was just like, it was good. I got my laughs out of it because it was corny. It was like it was supposed to be. But then again, when I got done watching it, then I went back and watched all the original deletions ones from TNA that Matt would do Matt and Jeff were doing. I was like, man, those ones were freaking good. Yeah. You know? And he did that all off the cusp. I mean, he didn't have big budget behind him. Like the first one he did was super corny, but it was, it was good and it was funny and it was, it made sense. The first one he did, they pretty much filmed it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like, Hey, we did this. Do you guys want to use it? Yeah. You know, and then they're like, well, you know, I mean, TNA was TNA at the time. Like, it was just looking for something. But, um, yeah, like, what I don't understand, like, it's great that he's back. And if they're reforming the Hardy Boys, like, that's great. It's right around WrestleMania season. But why on SmackDown? Because, like, you didn't even have the Usos on SmackDown on Tuesday, did you? I no, I didn't see anything with him. See, and that's that's another thing. Like, we're the tag; they're the tag champs. Like, they weren't there. 
Um, you have the bar, you know, two great wrestlers. You have New Day. Um, yeah, they got this whole thing with Kofi right now, but there still leaves Xavier and and uh, Big E. And then you know what I mean, like, like you have a lot more competition, in my opinion, on SmackDown and the tag division than you do on Raw. Yeah. You need and to like, spread that wealth out a little bit and have two great tag divisions. Honestly, they should just go back to one tag division and have one set of belts. I think that about the women's title, too. I I see that it, the SmackDown women's title has no meaning whatsoever. Now that Charlotte isn't... And it's not just because it's on Oscar. It's just... Well, it's it's going to be looked at as the second women's title, you know? Have one women's championship, have one women's tag team championships. You know, I even think that way about the universal title. I mean, it's well, yeah, it's not it's on Brock. I mean, even when it was on Roman, I'm looking at it, I'm just like, that's not the world heavyweight title. I mean, well, I think a big reason too is just because that title's just been it hasn't been handled well, like no. on SmackDown. I feel like the guys on SmackDown have a clear path. Like you got all these dudes wanting to go for the belt. Like you've seen the Elimination Chamber. You know, you got top guys. Mm-hmm. That's the prize. That's what you go after. And you don't have that direction on Raw. No. You know what I mean? Like you forget, like it, what pisses me off. And it's like, all right, whatever. Like it's. I get, I get it. It evolves with time, but a dude gets injured or is gone for you know two, three months. They strip him of the title. Do you know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. he can't defend it in thirty days. And you got fucking Lesnar, <laughs> two, three months, you know, and out of fucking nowhere, like you forget about him. And then Heyman comes. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He hypes him back up. He does his job well, you know, and it's stupid to me because it's like it's the top prize and it's not on the top show. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to do some like that, you should do it on probably SmackDown. Like where you got you got your more legit built stars on Raw, right? Like it's your main focus. And you don't have a main title. Well, and it just the whole Lesnar thing, I think he's just, and it's nothing against Brock. I actually have always been a fan of his. Yeah, but I like what he does, but I just, I feel that he's holding WWE hostage because Vince is so afraid for him to go walk back into the UFC full time for Dana that he is doing, he is throwing just dump trucks of money to Lesnar just to keep him and letting him do whatever he wants. Okay. I only want to do four main pay-per-views a year. So we're talking rumble. We're talking survivor series. We're talking mania outside of that. I'm not doing the fast lanes, the no mercies or whatever the hell they call them. Now I'm not doing those B shows. I'm doing the a shows and that's it. I'll do two raws every couple of months when I have a big match coming up, then I'll be there to help promote the match. And it's not like Lesnar's saying anything, but 
that doesn't even bother me because Lesnar can't cut a promo to save his freaking life anyway. Yeah. Do you remember when he first got Paul Heyman? Yeah. When he first came back and he cut some of those promos, mm-hmm. it was just kind of as like, uh, I don't, I want, I don't want to say it was awful, but it was, it wasn't good. Yeah. It just, yeah. He, I love, Heyman's- I love the pairing of Heyman and Lesnar. I always have. I'm probably always going to, you know, and I think we know that, you know, Lesnar's got bigger fish coming down the road with going back to the UFC and having the fight with Daniel Cormier, which is, I, I guarantee I'll watch because for one, I'm a fan of Lesnar outside of the WWE and I love watching him in UFC, you know, because he's a legit badass. I mean, he is, he phones it in on WWE somewhat, but even when he fights people in WWE, he brings that element of that badass with him. Like that match against Finn was good. Yeah. No, like the last couple matches he's had has been good. Like it's it's much better in my opinion than the shit he's had with like uh Reigns and uh Strowman. Yeah, the matches with Strowman were absolute shit. Yeah. Well, you got a guy in Strowman with with Braun that's relatively new to the business, who was protected. Never, you never seen him on NXT, even though he was down at the Performance Center the whole time. Gets brought into the fold with the Wyatt family, and you know, is just this monster in this black mask. And you watch him wrestle now, and unless he's wrestling somebody similar to his size, it's it's not fun to watch. It's it's him being this just this monster, and he's not a very good big man yet. I think he'll get there, and losing Taker if that's what's going to happen to WWE. If all these reports out there that Taker's done, Taker's done, you know, and that's why the Starcast deal came around because he's not drawing a paycheck from WWE anymore. Not having somebody like Taker around to help mentor somebody like Strowman is going to hurt Strowman throughout the years. Yep. Because there's no better big man. There's only two really great big men in the business. And that's Taker and Kane. And that's it. And it, you know, and you can throw Big Show into that. But even then, you know, Big Show can't wrestle that great, you know. Yeah, I went back and was watching some of his old WCW stuff when he was the giant WCW, and I was just like, "He was green." Oh man, he was shit. But I didn't realize it back then because I didn't, I didn't know what I was watching. I mean, I knew what I was watching, but I didn't realize that I was watching this guy that they basically pulled off a basketball court and said, "Hey, you're coming to WCW, and we're going to train you for two weeks, and you're done." Yep. No, I agree. So, um, did you see the thing they pulled? Uh, well, everything I've been reading today was uh, that the reason they they brought Owens back, and he looks good. I thought he looked he looked you know he's slimmer, big arms. He looked good in the ring. Like uh, mm-hmm. I heard the reason they 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 switched it was because they're starting to think they could they could do uh, they could put the title on Kofi. At Mania and make it like a big deal and market it well and shit like that. Which I'd be all for that. See, and I'm, I think 
I, I Kofi's put in his time. He's been one of my favorites. I mean, I'm glad they dropped the fake Jamaican thing a while back. <laughs> I think everybody knew that he wasn't really a Jamaican. Yeah, but where do you go with it from that? That's my thing. Like, is it just just to do it for a feel good moment, or like, what do you do? Because he's still part of the new day. Do you break up the new day? Do you like? Because in my opinion, and and it is just me, the the WD, WWE title is is the top prize, right? And, right. And New Day, as great as wrestlers as they are, because I think they're all great wrestlers, all of them. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, when he was Creed in TNA. Oh, Xavier. Yeah, he was fucking awesome. Big E and NXT, like I thought he was awesome. And and he, even Kofi, Kofi does some cool things, but right now they're used as a comedy act, mm-hmm. and that's my thing. Is like you can't have Kofi with the WWE title and still be fucking throwing pancakes out. Like it just it doesn't make sense to me. No, you're right. And so, so I mean, I mean that's obviously a possibility. I mean, it, it would be a it would be a. It would be a great feel-good moment at Mania to see, you know, Kofi hosting the title. And, I mean, there's singles matches beyond that. I mean, you could throw him into a program with AJ, with Samoa Joe. You know, there's guys that I would love to see Kofi get in there and mix it with, revisit the old Randy Orton feud that they started and stopped freaking years ago that was starting to create some steam and was really making a name for Kofi. Randy was a made guy at the time. Randy's yeah. always been a made guy. You know, yeah. since the mo- since the day he debuted on Raw, everybody knew that Randy Orton was going to be something. Yeah. And 13 world titles later, Randy Orton's still there and he's still great. I mean, he went I through like- his growing pains. Yeah, I like Randy, but I feel like people can tell, I can tell, or at least I think I can tell. Um, people can tell when he's not invested. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have a, a a program for him, like whether it's a world title or a storyline or or something like that, he's just kind of there. Like, he'll hit his RKO, he'll go through the cycles, and yeah, like he'll look good, but it's not interesting. Do you know what I mean? No. He's very uncharismatic when he doesn't have something yeah. to shoot for. But when he's on, like, do you remember when he when he was doing that whole storyline where he'd pump people, and then he had like legacy and all that, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, oh like, yeah, the feud with Hardy back when Hardy when when they were pushing Jeff. Like, he has some great moments, but yeah, like if if you don't give him anything, like right now he he doesn't really have anything. He might now with AJ, but yeah, and that's I'm good with that. If as long as they build, put some build into it into a WrestleMania match, because that's obvious where it's going. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to have AJ Styles versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania? That's got money written all over it, right? Yeah, you got to have them going for something. I mean, not necessarily a title. I don't care if there's a title in the picture. No, they got to guys are past the point of they don't need to have that big match. At Mania, revolve around a world title or a U.S. title or whatever. But I just want them to have the appropriate build and not just have this 
oh, well, the day before WrestleMania, now this is a match. It's like absolute no build. I mean, that would be that would be stupid, and I'm hoping they build it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't need much. I mean, just have AJ in the ring cutting a promo and have Randy roll in and RKO him out of nowhere, and that's you're off and running. I mean, that's all that's all you need. That's all they did for the Lesnar uh Randy feud a couple of years back was they had a little sparring back and forth verbally and then Randy rolled in one night and RKO'd the shit out of Lesnar and then done. I was sold. <laughs> yep. No, so so going back to Kofi though, like so I've gone through some scenarios in my head and Obviously, I'm just I'm just Mark, but me thinking, um, I would say, don't give him the title right now. But so I thought he was gonna go for it at Fastlane, right? Mm-hmm. I to myself, like, I know it's not something they would want to do because this guy is 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 definitely um, over, but. Maybe he could come in and cost Kofi, and I'm talking about Ali, Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. And my point there would be, you know, Kofi took his spot. Like this is where I was supposed to be, and I got injured, and you came in and you took my spot. People forgot about me. Back to the back of the line. Like I'm not gonna stand for that. And then like maybe turn him heel. And I thought that would just be good storytelling, but it's not something that's going to happen. And then no. would be like, if you break up new day, like how would you break them up? One thing that I thought would be cool. And I think it would elevate not just Kofi, but like other members of the group is like, uh, you know, Mark Henry is, uh, is a backstage guy now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe have Big E being all fucking stupid like he is and throwing pancakes and stuff and, like, Mark come out and just, like, chew into him. Like, call him a fucking joke and a comedy act and be like, look at yourself. Like, you could be world champion, but you're here playing with pancakes and pandering to the fans. You know, kind of getting in his head. Do you know Do you know where I'm going with this? And then, like... yeah. I th- I think that would be cool. And then you could have Biggie going back to that monster and then someone to reckon with. And maybe even Mark could be his manager or something for a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's, that's you know, because they, they both come from the powerlifting background. Exactly. Like, it, it makes sense. Like, if you're going to do something, that would be, I think, a cool way to do it. And then I, I haven't really thought much about Xavier. Um but but if you're going to do so, because I don't know, like, I think New Day's fun. But if you keep them together like that, I don't think that should be associated with the world title. Right. Another way to do it would be, like, you let Kofi win the world title. And then in the, the, the cusp of it, have, have it create jealousy between the New Day and then that ultimately breaks them up because then like maybe you have like a number one contenders match and you know with a bunch of guys you throw like 
say, for example, Big E into it, and he wins it. So now he's got to go face his New Day brother, even though there's already animosity built because of the jealousy and all this stuff. And now Kofi's too good for us because he's the world champion and blah, 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 and he doesn't, you know, not necessarily if you turn any of them heel, you would turn somebody like I would turn personally Big E heel because he cut off better because – to be honest, Kofi Kingston's been a babyface since day one. Yeah. You know, he's never did anything slight in a heel moniker whatsoever. No matter what. Just when he was with New Day and they were just obnoxious. Yeah. 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 When they first started, they were... I honestly thought when New Day first started, like, hanging out together and they were, you know, the the modified fake pre or whatever they were trying to pull off and they were trying to be a hill faction. I thought that they were kind of trying to do like a reboot of the nation of domination. Yeah. It came off that way. It came off like a it did. black pride type yeah. thing and they just shit the bed. Right. People didn't care about it. Yeah. And then, then they kind of were still a hill thing and then they just, then everybody, behind them and now they're just like you said now they're a comedy act they're just tooting on a trombone to the crowd yeah they're they're funny they're entertaining they're good wrestlers but you know they've gotten some shit to sell that i would never think they'd get to sell like you know they come out tossing pancakes they got a cereal they have the unicorn horns. they have the trombone none of that makes sense but it works right yeah, because they're pandering to a younger crowd, and yeah. the kids love the New Day because they're fun, you know, and they're great. Yeah, but just me, like, looking, because I like to look, or I like to, to try to, to be smart, like, all right, they did this, they're going to do this next week. And then, you know, uh, oftentimes I'm disappointed. But mm-hmm. when they surprise me and do something even better, like that's what gets me, like you said, out of your out of your seat and like excited and like. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, if they've thought that far down, like, like, what do they do if they do put the title on them? Yeah, and maybe it's maybe they just do it do a Zack Ryder moment, like when Zack won the Intercontinental Title and. At WrestleMania 31 in that ladder match, and Drop. then the next night trods out there and then gives it back to Miz, and it's like it was all just to basically, or no, it wasn't in it wasn't WrestleMania 31. It was the one in Dallas that he won it because whatever one he did, but it was a moment because there had never been Intercontinental Champion, and they wanted that they wanted that absolute pop. And they got it because nobody nobody in that match or nobody watching that, I personally didn't think that Zack Ryder was going to win the Intercontinental title. I was like, okay, he's just in this because he's a filler person. Yeah. You knew going into it, it was going to be somebody like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. But it didn't end up being that, you know? Yeah. So this is where I think it would be useful to have someone with a money in the bank briefcase. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
give them that moment. WrestleMania, next SmackDown, they come on, bam, they drop it to that person. But mm-hmm. another thing they don't do often that I think would would it would also it would give you a storyline, but it would build intrigue and build up your guys too. Would be number one contender matches, mm-hmm. and you could have them at 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 pay per views. Like you could you could throw that in there with like even like I don't know an AJ or Randy Orton storyline. The winner of this mm-hmm. is the number one contender. Mm-hmm. That way you're 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 building your story after the fact. You know what I mean? Yes, they don't do enough of those. They're NXT, I guess, kind of tried that here recently with their that Worlds Collide tournament that they had that Velveteen won. And that's another thing that they could do is when you win money in the bank, you always go after the Universal or the WWE Championship. Why not have somebody go after the Intercontinental Champion? You know, elevate that type a little bit, you know. Well, you might I have to. Like they keep the title on Brock. Yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. Because, I mean, so, you know, Velveteen Dream won the World's Collide tournament against the 205 guys, the NXT UK guys. They were all intermixed in it. It was a good concept. It was cool. It was something different that they haven't done. And then he walks right out there on NXT TV and challenges Gargano for the North American champion. That's like, why didn't he go after the NXT champion? Well, who knows? You would yeah. think that's what he was going after, but or you know, have him have him show up on NXT UK or SmackDown Live, and you know, go after the US or the UK title, or you know, just something different. You know, make switch it up a little. Yeah, I'd also like it though, like. They're kind of lax right now with with the storylines they got going on and people showing up on different shows, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember when they did the first brand split in the early two thousands, and how it was it was no, you're on this show. They almost acted like the other show didn't exist, right? Right. Yeah, they had the. The rivalry was really heavy between the two brands. Surprise! That was like awesome. It was like like when Chris Benoit won the Royal Rumble and he had the right to challenge for the title, and he shows up on Raw and challenges Triple H. Mm -hmm. That was fucking awesome. Like it's like oh shit! Like he's not gonna challenge on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it it makes it go. And they kind of flirted with that a little bit this year after Seth won, you know, how he could have went and faced Daniel, who's somebody that obviously he has history with through Ring of Honor and all that, or go after the big beast. And, of course, you know, everybody knew what he was going to do. Yeah. So. so what do you think about – Ray had been off TV for a while. Like I said, that's another thing. It'd been like two, three weeks since he'd been back on, huh? Mm-hmm. And like he shows up and they do that um, United States invitational thing. 
which I thought was great. Like even our truth wasn't, wasn't bad, but uh, now I'm intrigued that hopefully it continues and they put the title on Almas. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a first good beginning beginning title reign for him you know i think we know the sky's the limit for him he'll eventually be wwe champion at some point you know and it's no way i wasn't sold on almas until he had that match with mcintyre when he first won the title Mm -hmm. like his build-up had been better but when he first came in he kind of floundered yeah he did he got selena vega and it helped. It really did help elevate him. But even then, he didn't seem. When he won the title, I felt like NXT was a little bit more watered down at the time. And it was kind of like, well, let's just let's put him there. And, and then he won it. And that was a hell of a match. And then from there, he's just been good. Like he got my attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. He was, he came into NXT, he came in kind of hot. He did some good stuff and then he floundered there for a while to where you were like, okay, he's just a guy that's on NXT TV that has good matches and then insert Selena. And then next thing you know, he's having an NXT takeover match with Drew and then obviously. You know, I think Drew, I think what happened there was, I don't know that they were probably going to have Drew drop the title. I think Drew was hurt before that match, and he just ended up doing it. A good match, and then obviously they were like, well, we got to change hands because Drew's got to go rehab and do whatever with his with his arm thing. Yeah. You know, and they sold the fact that they made sure that they had a spot in the match that would contribute to it. Yeah. And then that was a, that was a way to get Drew out of the picture and then build Almas up. And then ultimately, you know, Almas then drops it and goes on from there and goes up to SmackDown. But yeah, it's he's. I went back and watched some old stuff of him when he was like down in CMLL and, you know, all over, you know, went to Japan when he was a member of uh, Los Ingrenables and all that stuff. And he was still wearing a mask and, you know, and he's good. Like I can see why WWE wanted him and he does, you know, and, and he does remind Remind me, anyway, of, of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yes, very. I think this very. guy more, more athletic, maybe a little bit bigger and, and can do some different things, but just um, how he sells and how he how he executes. I think his execution is, is kind of like watching him with Ray. It, it, oh, yeah. It, and I, some of them just say it to say it, but it really does – like some of those counters and stuff were just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the program with Ray and I hope they're not completely done with that. Cause I mean, you can, that's got so much storyline potential behind it. You got um, two great luchadors. Um, I mean, he even flirted with doing the, the, 
what did was it called the Three Amigos or Trace Amigos that Eddie called it when he does the three, three amigos. Yep. The suplex three standing suplexes and God. And then he even did the little shimmy like Eddie used to do. And it was just like you could people that actually knew what was going on, you could see their hands go over their mouth and go, Oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that. And even I was like, Oh, that's you know, and against somebody like Ray Mysterio who's got history with Eddie clear back into the you know, the olden days, like that meant like, it was like, Oh wow. That was just that little movement right there in that match. Just, just anything else that happened in that match went unnoticed. But when he did that, it was just like, Oh wow. You know? Yeah. So. Well, it's, uh, I think it's picking up. Like, uh, I don't, I don't, there's a lot of things I still kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. I, I think the product's been better. I think having Reigns back is, is good. I think they finally got their baby face they wanted. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I had never heard a crowd pop for Roman like they did on my. Yeah. And my what's thing- sad is that it took what it took yeah, for him to get that, for him to get that acknowledgement that I think he's deserved for at least the last four years yeah. for being the top guy in the company, carrying the company on his back. But the thing is, they, they can't, so they're going to have to be very careful with this because they got the reaction they wanted for him, finally. Mm-hmm. It sucks how petty we are as wrestling fans that it took this like life threatening thing for us to cheer him and recognize it. Right. But Mm -hmm. now if they, in my opinion, if they, if they hang on the coattails of he overcame this and this, and they beat that to death, you're going to have the crowd turn. Mm hmm. And then if they don't manage it right now, like if they don't give him the correct opponents, the correct heels and and stuff like that, they're gonna it it's gonna turn again. Mm-hmm. So they got yeah. but it's it they I don't think it's gonna stay unless they they work on it. If they go back to what they were doing before, it's gonna be the same thing eventually. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I've been a fan of his for a couple of years. I mean, I'm, I'm critical of him. Don't get me wrong, but I'm critical of a lot of people, even really good guys, like people that I'm extreme fans of, like Daniel Bryan and guys like that, that I've watched come up through the indie circuits and come up, you know, through the ring of honors and that to get to where they are now. And then to see, you know, somebody that, started as a PC guy down in FCW and then obviously FCW transitioned in NXT and became that and was homegrown WWE guy, kind of like his cousin. (laughs) Um, It was just like, I think that's why I was so critical of him because I was watching these guys bust their ass on the indies for a year. And I'm like, when is, when is AJ Styles going to get to WWE? When's Dan, Daniel Bryan going to get there? When's these guys that have been cutting their teeth in the bingo halls across America for yep. pennies going to get their chance? 
And then I think so in a way I kind of held some resentment towards yeah. Roman because of that, but and it's not I, the dude's fault. He, he's booked. Like Yeah. Well, yeah, and then his booking there for he was just he was getting that John Cena treatment. He was just getting shoved down everybody's throats and it was just like good god, let's get off of him. Like That's some of those bad. things that he did with Strowman were just absolute garbage and it's just like tipping over ambulances and stuff and it's like come on stuff you'd see in the attitude era yeah but at least back in the attitude era was good now um so yeah like but you know like he gets a lot of the blame for it but what do you do as a performer after like hey you're gonna be the top guy this is what you're gonna do you can't like just say no like start me at the bottom you know what i mean like it's like, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, they they force it. They they should probably play off the crowd a little bit more, and like that's why I think it's good. Like what they're doing with Kofi, like it's great, but at the same time, it's not it's not sustainable. I don't think if they keep it the same with the comedy, like something's got to change. Like, yeah. Uh, he's got to distance himself from New Day or New Day's got to turn on him or they got to get a little bit more serious. Like, just, it's got to be something different. It, it can't be, like, New Day with the title. Yeah, and that's what I'd be afraid of if Kofi got the 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 belt, the strap. And then yeah. it was like, oh, well, we're... New Day is WWE champion. You know, it's like, no, they're not. Kofi Kingston is WWE champion. You guys are just riding off his coattails. Yeah. And it's not that like, those two need to. Big E does not need it. They need to take Big E back to T with the whole five count thing, the whole nine yards. Even when he came in with Ziggler and AJ Lee, like he was, he was Ziggler's meat. He was Ziggler's heavy for yep. a reason. Yep. That's the big E that I want back. I don't want and that's, I don't want the guy pulling pancakes out of his fucking underpants. WWE will never listen to me. No. <laughs> I think it would be great if like Henry was the dude to do it. I, like I said, I'm completely I bought into that. That makes absolute sense. It like just a backstage segment where he's throwing fucking pancakes and Henry comes out, calls him a fucking joke. Tells him to look at himself like you could be you could be champion and you're fucking throwing pancakes out of your underwear. Yeah. Well, because if there's anybody that could that could say that, it could be Mark Henry because he went through that whole sexual chocolate thing there for a while, which was funny in the attitude era when I was a teenager, but now I'd look at it and go, (laughs) So we have this four hundred pound big humongous black guy that could squash me and should squash anybody that he gets in the ring with. And we're having him sleep with an 80-year-old Mae Young. Yeah. And do all this stupid shit and chase China around and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, it was cool back then. But now I'm like, <laughs> I don't like comedy. And re- I mean, I like comedy and wrestling, but... It's got its place. And that's what I say. Like, I think New Day's great, but in the world title picture, no. No. I'm in complete agreement with that. And with the way Kofi sold the whole getting ousted out of the world title 
against Daniel at Fastlane and insert Kevin Owens, like he sold it to where like Big E and Xavier were going absolute batshit crazy. And yeah. Kofi's just walking out with this just this disgusted look on his face like he's about ready to go ape shit. And it's like that's good because rewind a couple weeks or a month or two and you have the face to face with Vince and AJ where Vince hauls off and slaps AJ and then AJ decks Vince to the ground. Yeah. It's like that's the AJ I want to see because I used to watch that guy in Ultimate X matches do some crazy shit in TNA. Yep. It's like don't water down of all people, please do not ever water down AJ Styles. Well, he's watered you know? down. Oh yeah, he is. You know, you know the move he started doing recently that I hadn't seen in a while that I popped for was that when he does the backflip and then catches him in like the reverse DDT, like the scorpion, mm-hmm. and then drops him. He yep. hadn't done that. Like I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And he, he got away from the 450 there for a while. And that's yeah. when he inserted the phenomenal forearm as his finish. And he pulls out the 450 every once in a while. But when you guys got when you got a guy like Ricochet who's 10, 15 years younger than AJ that can do it, why I don't need to see AJ Styles do a 450 splash anymore. Yeah. I want to see Ricochet do it because he's phenomenal to watch. But I want to see AJ get in there and grind it up. I want to see AJ and Randy a tra- not a completely traditional like brawler type old school match but I want to see a wrestling match. I want to see moves. I want to see reverses. I want to see stuff like that. I don't want to see all high flying stuff. Yeah. AJ's no longer a spot monkey. He's well past that. You know, save that for the save that for the young kids that body to bruise up you know aj's in his 40s he doesn't need to be doing 450 splashes anymore yeah because i don't want him i don't want him gone off tv for five freaking months because he tore his freaking back out or whatever you know i want to see him every week there's a reason why i'm an aj styles fan is because i've watched him every week for the last 15 years whether it be in tna or whatever but yep no, I uh, I agree. Um, anyways, the the segue kind of the so you watch the the going to AEW. You watch the the double or nothing. Uh, what do they call it? The, the the yeah, I think it's just called the road to double or nothing. I think is what it's called. Episode five, yeah. Yeah. So they're still teasing Cody's opponent. Who do you think it is? Well, it's not Batista now. No, no, it's because Batista kind of, I think, set his uh, his next month. I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't be Batista, but I think we know that Batista's going to yeah. have a big match in April. Yeah, I think we know where no, that's going. It's cool. Like, I I liked how they how he came out as a heel. Um, I hope they he goes back and kind of explains himself a little bit because when he came for the Evolution reunion. Like he was all buddy buddy with Flair, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I hope he he kind of explained some of that. But uh, um, I thought that was cool. Oh yeah, it was way cool. Like, there's one of those moments that I was not 
expecting as I was watching. I mean, obviously, I seen the spoiler first before I ever watched Raw. But yeah, I when I watched it this morning, I watched you know the the condensed version on Hulu. But obviously, that was a focal point of it. Yeah. Um, I still like. I still got. I still popped a little bit because I'm like, well, fuck. Like, I wasn't expecting to Batista to be back. Yeah. Like, I was not. You know, if I figured he was going to be back, but it'd be in the ring with Sting and and Steamboat and all those guys that were in the ring. Yeah. It, you you know, didn't think it would be an angle for Mania. Yeah, I did not think that they were they were going to use that as a as a, a stone to build to the Triple H but teased for a while and they kind of set it in stone with the Evolution reunion on Smackdown when you know he said what he said you, you, you've done a lot of things but you've never beat me yeah but yeah you're right now Batista's got to come back and say well where, why because when Batista was first coming in on Raw, I mean, Flair was by his side the whole time, even before Evolution even really became a thing. Yeah, it was always like, "This is my big man. This is my new. This is this is my Brock Lesnar. I'm his Paul Heyman kind of a thing. This is the next big thing kind of a thing." But yeah, I was, and of course, there's nobody, nobody better to help sell that than Ric Flair because. Obviously, he's going to do it because it's two of his buddies and two of his longtime friends and Batista. And it was and... unexpected. Because, you know, they announced it the week before. It's Ric Flair's party uh, celebration thing. You'd, you'd seen he had a party over the weekend. Like, you didn't expect someone to attack him on his 70th birthday celebration, right? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was really well done. Yeah, it was an ultimate surprise, you know. Like, wasn't expecting it. Surprise got my attention, like, oh, shit. You know, do I really care that Triple H and Batista are going to fight at Mania? It'll be a good one. Don't get me wrong. It's it's for the money draws, all it's for. Yeah. But what sucks is that a match like that, that's going to be a one-off match, you know, it's not like Batista's like going to come back into the fold for the next two years and be a WWE super again. It's his one-off. It's his one-off match. It's going to take time from others. It's it's going to get more build than like an AJ or Randy that's actually going to go in and out of Mania. It's actually going to have more legs. You know, it's going to continue to build into, you know, probably the next two paper next two pay per views after that. But, um, yeah, and then seeing all those pictures from Rick's actual real 70th birthday, you know, you had like Evander Holyfield was there, Jericho was there, and of course, Jericho posts pictures of him and Hunter together, and then everybody starts with a, oh, Hunter's going to AEW now. I'm like, oh, yeah, Triple H is going to leave WWE and go to All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, that's happening. And then just... You know, James Storm being there, which is a guy that I wish would come to WWE because if you're going to have Bobby Roode in a tag team, you got to have him with James Storm. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's some of his best tag team work when they were bare money. Yeah. Like, don't put him with 
Well, Chad Gable should be a singles wrestler. Chad Gable should, should go to five. He probably should, honestly. And like get some exposure there. Yeah. Uh, but who do you think he's gonna wrestle in? Who do you think uh, Cody's gonna fight? So I've kind of thrown this around in my head a little bit, and I don't know when Marty's contract actually expires with Ring of Honor uh-huh. and all that. When he's free to start seeking other places, you know, I know he's got the big with the NWA and Ring of Honor kind of uh, doing this Crockett Cup thing kind of in cahoots with each other which is don't get me wrong which is good big match coming up in april april 27th i think against nick aldis which there's a lot of background story behind that and i've watched all the 10 pounds of gold with it which i don't know if you watch that or not but that is a great youtube series it's almost as good as being the elite yeah i've watched um, it too I, I don't keep up with it as much yeah um so that's obviously good. Maybe that's kind of his last thing. I know he's got the whole villain enterprises thing going on. Um, but I kind of think with all the like, obviously you probably caught it on the being the elite, like on the opening segment, how they kind of fast forwarded by Marty real quick. Yep. In the opening intro. I, I think like that stuff is like telling me like, I want to say that it's going to be Marty against Cody because, you know, you go back to like some of the, the being the elites in the double or nothing series. And, you know, you got like the Sam. shot of him putting the uh, picture of MJF over the picture of Marty on the wall. Yeah. And just, just little innuendos like that. I'm wondering if that's what it's going to be, but I don't know. So I'm thinking the same thing. I think that's that might be the safe bet. Uh, I read somewhere his his contract's up in April. Um, at least with Ring of Honor. I'm not sure with New Japan, but if right. if uh, Jericho's got that option to work with New Japan, I'm sure they would work with Marty as well. Uh, right, and I I don't know if Kenny made that similar deal or if he's just gonna focus on. He did. He did. Um, so I think that would be a, a safer bet. Like I was trying to think, cause it's going to be someone who's well-known, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the only other person I can think of is Goldberg. I could see that reaction from Brandy for Marty because like, you know, that's your buddy. That's why you're going to fight him or why you're going to do this. Um, but I could also see it for like Goldberg, like, Dude, why are you why are you gonna go against this guy? Like, what do you have to prove? Like, you know, and it would be it would be it would be a big a big surprise. I think it'd be more of a. I think the the biggest thing out of it would be like the the coming down to the ring and the entrance and just the vibe. Then the match wouldn't be anything great, but. I think Cody would be one of those to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it seems to me like if it's a Goldberg thing, it's a money thing. It's like, we've got a WWE hall of famer on our show. 
Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And it's like, do we, do you. But if anyone could make it work, I think Cody could. Just his wrestling yeah. style different. I think he, if he had to take the pinfall, he would do it. Or maybe they could talk to Goldberg to where, like, hey, it's going to be a screwy finish. And I don't know. Like, Goldberg's got to realize he's at that stage of his career, right? And I think that would, as old as he is, and then this and that, it would help elevate Cody more. But yeah, I mean, it could, it could work. I just. It's not. It's not necessarily what I want to see, but I. No, I, can only think... I would much rather see Marty versus yeah. Cody because then you could you could bring all the being the elite stuff in. Yeah. You know, obviously Marty's been off being the elite. Yep. You know, and I don't know if that's because of contractual obligations to Ring of Honor. I just like. I've been reading that they're having the wrestlers take their stories off of uh, PWT as well. Ring of Honor is? Yeah. I'm wondering if they're just trying to start a big old online shop themselves and they want to sell their stuff exclusively now and start getting a take from it. Maybe, but... Because everything that goes, like, everything that we we buy, which I know we both buy quite a few things off Pro Wrestling Tees, um, yep. everything goes to the wrestler themselves, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Pro Wrestling Keys gets a cut. Yeah. To keep them to keep the doors open. But just think of in the last five years what that how that company has grown, how it used to be in an apartment in Chicago and they'd print like four or five shirts a day and now they're printing thousands of Young Buck shirts and Cody shirts and New Japan shit and No I I seen a while ago that um, PJ Black, that his name, the Darewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he he had to take his store down, and then uh, I just seen Ryan Barkin post on that PWT's VIP that the Briscoe store is going down because ROH is making them take it down. So, yeah. So that them might have something to do with it. Ring of Honor is trying to tighten themselves up, knowing that they've lost a lot of good talent. And it's no fault of theirs. They're a good company. Like, I love their product. I love what they've done well, over the last the 10 stars. years. Look at the top stars. Top indie stars that have gone to WWE or even AEW. Like, they made their name in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there's a laundry list of them. Yeah. You know, I I uh I just bought from ROH shop the Super Kick Party Part One, and I was watching it earlier. I haven't finished it, but just on there, some of the guys like uh, they have a match against uh, Bobby Fish and El Generico and Kevin Steen. It's like, you know, it's from you know ten years ago when all these guys are in WWE big stars now. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only I think the only Ring of Honor faithful that I can think of are the Briscoe brothers. They're the only ones that have been Ring of Honor through and through, like from the and besides like that, I mean, I guess you could call Jay Lethal a Ring of Honor faithful because he's been with them for a lot of years. But I mean he did some time down as in TNA too. Yeah. 
you know, but the Briscoes, like, they're one of the greatest, I wouldn't say the greatest tag teams, but they're probably one of the best tag teams over the last 10 years, easily. I mean, they've got their unique style, and they've got a unique look, and they got that backwoodsy thing going on, and it works for them, and they get to do whatever they want in Ring of Honor, and they're not watered down, and I love everything that they do, like, that's the thing that Ring of Honor's got over WWE is that they're letting their guys do their own thing, you know? Yeah. Those guys have creative creative control over what they're doing, where I think we know in WWE it stops and ends with Vince, and I mean, Hunter's got some input, but yep. how much does... He's got full XT, and I think... I personally, WWE would, you know, give the ball fully to Triple H, like the product would change overnight. It would just be then places like TNA and Ring of Honor and places like that would be suffering because Triple H could throw money at anybody he wanted. Yeah. And he would bring him in and he wouldn't settle with, you know, always building Roman Reigns and always building Seth Rollins. I mean, he'd still give those guys the time. Yeah, the, the big issue there is, is you 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 know people that watch NXT and Raw and SmackDown, you 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 treat NXT as a separate brand. You see these guys get to the top, right? Then they go to the main roster, and sometimes they're treated with the fanfare like they come in as a big deal, and then they just all of a sudden drop. And then they're just there. And it's yeah. kind of like you've seen what these guys can do on a big level, right? With the focus on them, on that brand. And it's like none of that is taken into account. I think lately, like uh, like Cole and, and the announcers play on that a little bit more. Like, oh, yeah, he's champion here or he's done this, this, and that. But up until maybe the last year, they almost treated NXT as just like they didn't bring that stuff up. No. That's why I would say the comment of like where Cole would say, you know, this is the first time these two like I I want to say he might have said that, but then he kind of reverted right at the end when Samoa Joe and AJ were having their feud. They're like these are the this is the first two time these guys have been squared off and then like a quick little pause in a WWE ring because, yeah, if he would have said this is the first time ever, and it's like, no, it's not. Yeah. To 2005 TNA and tell me that this is the first time Samoa Joe and AJ Styles have locked up. Like yeah. some of their their WWE stuff didn't even hold a candle to the stuff that they did in TNA. It was good, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't TNA caliber. Yeah, I agree because they had full full reins over what they could do and so of all the things that you've seen that are going to be at StarCast what's the one thing you're most looking forward to besides like the meet and greets with like Taker and them like any of those sit downs Uh, I'm interested in the Sting one just because there's also not a lot of uh, Sting interviews out there really Um, right uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to that is a definite 
Yeah, and then um, uh, I think that Joey Ryan wrestling story will be cool. Um, and then the sit down, the sit down with the Bucks and Cody actually happens Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. That'd be cool because I don't think a lot of people are actually going to make it in until that Friday. I don't think I could be wrong, but yeah. And so where we're going to be there early Thursday, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. We'll have time to get to Vegas, get squared away. And I, yeah, as far as I know, there's nothing else scheduled for Thursday. I think the kickoff thing, I think are the weigh-ins that night too, which is something totally cool that they never do it. Oh, those are Friday night. Which is something cool because you never see weigh-ins in wrestling, you know, and that's probably one of the best things about like UFC cards and old school boxing cards from back in the day was the weigh-ins leading up to it where you'd have the face to face between the two guys. And yeah, because it hypes it up more. Yeah, that's it's that's what they were generated for. And you've never seen them in wrestling. Yeah. At a big level, W. To my knowledge, I've never seen weigh-ins and stuff for like, like stuff for like WrestleManias or anything. Which I don't know. Maybe this might be the catalyst to start that. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, some of your best sound bites come out of those weigh-in, sit-down interviews after, the- and then they sit down and answer. Like, I was watching ones from Lesnar at UFC 200 and some of the ones that he's done over the year. And my God, the, <laughs> some of the shit he says and like the Conor McGregor's and yeah, like, they're just being and they're selling, they're selling that fight is what they're doing. Yep. I agree. Well, uh, it's been an hour and 23 minutes. I think we should, we should cut this one and meet again next week or what? Yeah, we could definitely do that. This one, I think, went a little better than our first one. Hopefully, we learned a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I uh, and then I, I think I figured how I would I could stop cutting out. So okay, we'll see. Yeah, I think you only cut out once on this one. After I listened to the first one, I I wanted to go back, and I was like, no, I don't want to make it too. I don't want it to be so perfect that it's like it becomes effortless, effortless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it is called the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. So we got to be unprofessional. Yeah. But I think the only social media we haven't started yet was an Instagram page. And I want to figure out how we get these up on like the Facebook and Twitters and stuff like that. But start getting it out there to where people can really start getting behind it. Cause I, I got a few people that I've told about it. Did you let your wife listen to it yet? No, I just barely, I told her, I was like, Hey, don't bug me. Cause I'm going to be doing a podcast. And she gives me this look rolls her eyes, <laughs> And it's kind of like, well, it's the second episode. And she's like, you've already done one. And I was like, well, yeah, but I didn't tell you about it. Cause she just shakes her head. So yeah, funny story about it. So I let I had my wife listen to it and obviously she gave her opinions. Nothing terrible. She just like 
She's like, yeah, you guys definitely got some work to do. And then I was listening to it one day in the truck and I was picking the boys up from school and we're dropping them off or something. And my middle one who's seven, he, uh, he's like, dad, what are you listening to? Cause like when I'm driving them around, I'm listening to Jericho's podcast. I'm listening to Jerry, Jim Ross's I'm listening to all of them. Right. Yeah. I never hardly listen to the radio anymore. And they're like, Oh, this one sounds pretty cool. Who's on this one, Dad? And and my my one son goes, Dad, that guy sounds like you. And I'm like, that is me. And he's like, you have your own podcast? Like, uh, yeah. And they're like, and then my oldest son, who's just turned twelve, he was like, yeah, you sound funny on the radio or something. I was like, well, I'm talking on my cell phone, so I mean. <laughs> It can only be as good as audio quality as it can be. So, but yeah, we'll definitely have to get it out there to the masses and see how many, how much we can get behind it. And yeah, so I'll, we could go uh, broke I'll... buying podcast equipment. I think if we really wanted to. Yeah, let's see if we get some legs before. Uh, yeah, and... I think we'll keep it simple for now. So I'll. Um... I'll look into that tomorrow. I'll put it out tonight and then I'll look into um, putting it out to our social media stuff. Maybe we could even do it to that uh, PWT's VIP. I think some of those guys would like it, but. Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple, a couple people on there that do them. Yep. I found a couple like on their Facebook ones that they do like Facebook live chats and stuff. Maybe we can try that one time. Yeah. And then put it up on our YouTube and definitely all that stuff. And then obviously when we do the trip, there's going to be probably a lot more video content than anything. Cause yeah, you know, we're going to document our whole trip and trying to make it. Let's try to establish something before we go. So we have a small following maybe. Yeah. So I'll look into that and I'll, I'll let you know what I find out. Okie dokie. All right, man. All right. See ya. The